Welcome to the Get Your Goat Podcast with your host, Josh Morani. I'm back, ready to talk about sports, ready to talk about the big game this weekend, ready to get into my losing NHL picks idea yesterday, winning college basketball, what else is up with the NBA, SAG Awards were announced too last, last night, I mean, wow, wow, so much to get into, let's get into it, let's start with the Super Bowl. Ooh, Sunday, what a game that will be between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. I am so excited for this game. This was my preseason Super Bowl pick. I was telling everybody that the Chiefs were going to repeat. Chiefs were automatically going. There was no competition for them in the AFC, and I was right. And I said, hey, with the NFC, Tom Brady going down to the Tampa Bay, they have a good team. They needed a quarterback. Guess what? Tampa Bay has taken them to the promised land. Now will they sustain their life in the promised land? We'll find out Sunday. But we'll break it down for you right now and see what's going on, who has the advantages, what the X factors are, matchups in this game, because it will be so much fun. Let's start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This offense has been clicking as of lately. Yes, against the Packers, Tom Brady threw three interceptions. Again, not his fault for all of those. I'd say two of those at least were not his fault. You can make an argument for all three not being his fault. But he has played terrific this whole postseason, really this whole year, in this whole offense. They went through spurts, but this whole offense has looked really well, ranking 7th in offense, 384 yards a game. There are 3 in points at 31. There are so many teams around the 31-point mark, and they were one of them. They were the number 2 team in passing behind the Chiefs. Uh, Insane. Uh, Tom Brady has played insane. The third-best quarterback in terms of passing yards had 290 uh, yards averaged a game, over 40 touchdowns thrown in the playoffs and combined with the regular season. He's been great. Uh, I've been talking about him as the GOAT uh, for so long, and just him getting into his 10th Super Bowl appearance, which is so hard to do for one player, it is an astronomical, astronomical achievement for him to do this, and I don't think one that will be touched ever again is 10 Super Bowls. Then you have their great wide receivers, and Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller. I mean, the is a fierce four to have right there. Those four are so good. Mike Evans is just reliable to me. He's a top five wide receiver in the game. He has really good hands. Yes, he had some drops against the Packers, but overall he has the best hands on this team. Uh, His route running is great. Uh, Chris Godwin, to me, is a more flashier wide receiver. He's played great. Antonio Brown was banged up, didn't play against the Packers. Uh, He's on track to play on Sunday. I hope he does play, and that would just add another vertical threat for this team along with Scotty Miller who speed is so fast that was on full display uh King got a taste of that for the Packers uh he was burned by him 
I don't think the Chiefs will make that same mistake. But this group is talented. Their tight end set with Rod Gronkowski and Cameron Brate is formidable. And they have a stellar offensive line with Ryan Jensen, uh, Marpet, and Tristan Wirfs on the outside. They have just a stud center, a stud guard, and a stud tackle. I mean, three of those five positions are locked down, and arguably all of them are like top five in the NFL right now at this moment. That's how good this offense is. And then uh, there was really lapses in this defense a lot in the regular season, giving up big plays, giving up points. Uh, They had the number one rush defense all season long, and that's continued in the playoffs. Their rush defense has been amazing. But now this pass defense is starting to click. They were number six in defense this year. And to me, uh, their defensive struggles looked like they they continued against the football team. And I thought, oh, this could be it. And against the Saints, you know, you're worried. But the defense shut down the Saints in the divisional round. And then two weeks ago against the Packers, this defense showed up again. Uh, was it as a dominant performance? No. Uh, again, as Not as it was against the Saints. But they did create some turnovers. And the main thing was Dave Bakhtiari, their left tackle being out, and the edge rushers, Shaq Barrett, and JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul, hitting home, getting to Aaron Rodgers, uh, sacking him, just forcing hits, forcing him to feel uncomfortable, which was huge all game long. It was just constant pressure. Uh, and the plays that Todd Bowles dials up are so good. Uh, he's one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. Uh, the pressures that he dials up, the sim pressures, the delays that he does, the tucks, uh, all the defensive mechanisms that he has with the blitz and then not bringing the blitz into the disguises that he does. It, he's just an excellent defensive coordinator, and he has had two weeks to prepare for Patrick Mahomes, so that will be huge. Then you have the Kansas City Chiefs offense, who uh, is just number one in like everything other than rushing. Number one offense, 415 yards a game. Number one in passing, Patrick Mahomes averages more than 300 yards a game. He's phenomenal. He's the best quarterback in the league right now in terms of just arm talent, accuracy, decision-making, everything combined. Uh, He's that good. To me, Brady's probably just not even a half, maybe like a quarter step behind him right now. But if we're talking... Uh, longevity-wise, of course, it's Tom Brady, but right now on my team, I think I'd rather have Patrick Mahomes, and he's been amazing. Uh, second in yards, 38 touchdowns to six interceptions, quarterback rating super high, so he's just the full package. He can, not only is he a pocket passer, he's not a scrambler. He's more definitely more of a pocket presence, but his ability to extend plays uh, the broken plays that seem like they're going nowhere, uh, then he turns them into 50-yard touchdown passes to Tyreek Hill or a 20-yard first down catch to Travis Kelsey because he's that good. His vision, his awareness of escaping the pocket, feeling the pressure is unmatched at this point in the NFL because he is mobile. And then you have, like, to me... Uh, it's just unfair going up against someone like Tyreek Hill because of how fast he is, his route running, uh, how good his hands are. And this season, he just had a 
amazing season. Career best for him with the over a thousand yards, fifteen touchdowns, continuing that in the playoffs, like over a hundred yards every game in the two games they played. He's been phenomenal this whole season. He just breaks open games, uh, turns a screen pass all the way upfield. That's how special he is. And then you have the security blanket and Travis Kelsey, who's really more than a security blanket. Uh, to me, you have like the traditional tight ends like uh, George Kittle, Rob Gronkowski. They catch, they block, very lead at both. But Travis Kelsey, to me, is definitely more of a wideout. And that was proven this year. Second in yards with 1,400 yards and 11 touchdowns. He looked like a wide receiver. His route running is able to find open space and be on the same wavelength as Patrick Mahomes is key because it just seems like uh, Travis Kelsey is always at the right place at the right time, and Patrick Mahomes always knows where he is. That quarterback uh, tight end duo is as good as it has been since the old days of Gronkowski and uh, Tom Brady 10 years ago. And that's how good this tight end quarterback duo. And uh, to me, he's like I said, he's kind of that wide receiver-ish. Uh, he's fast. He's quick. He's agile. He's not just uh, stiff, run all over you, uh, just big dude. But he has the finesse, and that's what makes him dangerous. And that's also what makes him so, so good is he's just a playmaking tight end that you have to double you have to bracket them. That's the only way to stop them. You you start them one-on-one. With a linebacker, you'll get burned. Uh, cornerback is too small. Safety is too small. So it's really that disadvantaged spot for having such a great tight end like Travis Kelsey. But if we're analyzing the rosters up and down, uh, to me, the Bucks have a better roster uh, they just do if you one of the keys is quarterback and to me that one is so close to me Patrick Mahomes I would rather have him right now I'm rocking my Patrick Mahomes jersey on this podcast as we speak his pass rating in the playoffs is amazing uh, just how good he is but to me Tom Brady as I said before isn't that far behind I'd rather, I'd rather have Patrick Mahomes Right now, he also has that playoff experience. He has a Super Bowl experience. He has a win. He's shown up in big big games, uh, game in, game out, like Tom Brady has his whole career. So to me, this isn't a huge uh, gap differential, especially for this caliber of game. But I'd rather have Patrick Mahomes on my team. So I give the Bucks a slight advantage and the quarterback, but not huge. Then... You have Travis Kelsey. I mentioned before, he's a better tight end. He's the best tight end in football. Uh, Gronk has some records. He has a lot of records for tight ends. But just this year alone, it's Gronk. It's uh, Travis Kelsey, my bad. Uh, he was always in the lead. It was You never gave him respect. I thought he was the best tight end last year, even if when George Kittle uh, broke those records last year. I still thought it was... It was Kelsey. He didn't get the respect he deserved, so you know he's decided to pop off this year. That's how good he is. He's one of the game changers, one of the best players in the game that will be on tomorrow. 
wide receiver. Chiefs have a better wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. Uh, he's so good. Uh, his speed is amazing, and we already seen him torch the Bucks earlier in Week 12 when he had like 12 or 13 catches for 200-plus yards and three touchdowns. A sensational, sensational performance, Tyreek Hill. They couldn't stop nothing back there. Carlton Davis, as good as he has been talking about grave diggers, Tyreek Hill buried that man that game. That's how good Tyreek Hill was. That just whole trio right there of Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes is what makes this team so dangerous, so explosive, so good. So you have those key ones right there. But then, so it's all really the big positions, the pass rush, uh, led by Chris Jones. He's the best defensive tackle of the group. They don't have a dominant defense, but they do have like the most, one of the most dominant defensive linemen in football. And Chris Jones, he's not the most. That's Aaron Donald. But to me, he's right behind Aaron Donald. He's just a step behind Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald takes on triple teams and double teams. Chris Jones don't see no triple teams. But he can disrupt plays, and this will be a few huge matchup between Chris Jones and Tom Brady. And they got the Honey Badger back there, is a safety. He's amazing. Uh, this hasn't been like a career year, but just how he's able to play in a box up high uh, in coverage. He's just that do it all safety, and he'll do whatever he's asked of for Spags defense. On Sunday, and he's going to come up with his big plays as well. So they really have it anchored down in the defensive line, and then on the secondary with Matthew, and then also Sorensen back there. So they kind of had that locked down. And then getting back though, uh, the key for the Bucks, their huge uh, defense, their just depth, their linebackers, uh, Levante David, has been so good. To me, he's in the same category as Luke Keekley was, Bobby Wagner. He's been so, so good. And he has a good coverage, uh, better coverage to me than Bobby Wagner. I could see him sticking with Kelsey, uh, preferably not one-on-one the whole game. But he's amazing. Vita Vea, he's not as good as Chris Jones, but he's a dominant, dominant uh, stop or rush defense, run defender. And also, he's good at a pass rush. Last week, or two weeks ago against the Packers, he was taking on double teams, and he was just bruising, bruising through that Packers O-line. Uh, it was dominant. I was like, oh, there he is. He just had his ankle fractured or his injury that he had. He came back. They're like, oh, he'll be limited snaps, and he was on almost every play, playing so well. So that's huge. Uh, they have Shaq Barrett and... Uh, JPP on the outside, Shaq Barrett, has been amazing this playoffs. Uh, a rush, the defense, he's kind of reminded me of uh, a TJ Watt, Von Miller sort of guy. JPP on the other side has been amazing. Uh, and I'm not going to sleep on the Bucks wide receivers either. I've talked about Mike Evans, uh, Antonio Brown, Chris Evans, all of them. They played so well. And then the other key here is the Bucks' offensive line is healthy. They have the better players in Ali Marpet, one of the great offensive guards, Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackles, and Ryan Jensen at center. I mean, this 
team is really good. Uh, t- the secondaries are similar. Uh, you have Antoine Winfield out there for the Bucks, Whitehead out there to match the Chiefs safeties, who I mentioned. And then to me, the cornerbacks are similar. Maybe I give the edge to the Bucks because of uh, Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean, but it's not clo- it's it is close. But this game is going to be fun to watch. Uh, Bucks have a better roster, but as I said Chiefs are more explosive. And everything that they have, those five guys that I mentioned, their main five, their three on offense, two on defense, are really their main necessary needs that just get the job done day in and day out. And as I said, that depth. So to me, the biggest, because Spags has played against Brady before, he's going to dial up pressure. He's going to dial up uh, two-man unders, uh, cover two-man zones, uh, have nothing go deep. Uh, he's coached against him when he was on the Giants and Brady was on the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Ty Bowles has had two weeks to prepare. He got torched last time. I don't see him getting torched again this time. That'll be huge. But to me, the biggest thing is will be the offensive line for the Chiefs against the Buccaneers' defensive line. And it's huge because the offensive line for the Chiefs is basically all backups. Uh, their right tackle, Mitchell Schwartz, uh, back injury, won't be playing one of the best right tackles in the league. Kolecki Osmelli uh, won't be playing. Their left tackle, Torver Achilles, Eric Fisher against the Bills. So that's huge. So they were already down a right tackle. So now they're totally readjusting their line, bringing the right tackle, play left tackle, and then have their swing tackle rimmers out there. So it's going to be, that is the matchup. And if the Bucks D-line can hit home, especially with just four or five, like they were doing against the uh, Packers, then they're going to win. Uh, or I shouldn't say they're going to win, but they have a high likely chance of winning this game if a Bucks D-line can get pressure on them. And that, to me, that's the key to the game. If the Bucks can't get pressure creating four, they have to blitz continuously, leave one-on-one situations, It'll be a longer day for them. Uh, that might be huge. The weather might play a factor in running the football. None of these teams run the football uh, really at all. They'll run when needed. To me, the Bucks have a better running uh, attack, rushing attack with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, but it's not scary, but neither is the Chiefs. It's even worse. Uh, nobody fears the Chiefs rushing attack, especially with that makeshift offensive line. But if rains on the forecast, I still see him uh, risking it. No risk it, no biscuit philosophy, flying high, the ball going all over the place. But, yep, it's coming down to the Bucks' defensive line versus the Chiefs' offensive line. And to me, I was reading that, the, you know, the Chiefs' offense is unstoppable, and that's not true. It's been st- it, Maybe it's not stop-stop, but it can be limited. We saw the Falcons do that well in sim pressures, disguising the blitz. Uh, Todd Bowles doesn't do that a lot, but I expect him to learn, especially from what a rival did in the Falcons, uh, incorporate that a little more because he didn't do that at all. Week 12 against the Chiefs, I see him adding that scheme as well, bringing the blitz uh, occasionally with the sim pressures, disguising it, but also hitting home with their four. I do think they're going to hit home with their four. So it's so hard to make a pick for this game, just outlining what, I just gave you guys, and I want to go with the Chiefs. 
My heart's telling me to go with the Chiefs. I'm going to rock that Patrick Mahomes jersey. Uh, but to me, as I've said before, two weeks ago, I probably would have picked the Packers if Bakhtiari was playing. That loss was huge because that defensive line dominated their offensive line. And to me, I, the home field advantage isn't a, a real key to me in this game. It might be a little bit for the Bucks, but it's not huge because Chiefs can win on the road. But I think the Bucks defensive line is going to hit home against the Chiefs. I think that loss of Eric Fisher, just one star, hurts because now they have really have no stars up there. Uh, this Bucks defensive line is going to get after them, and it's going to remain a close game. Patrick Mahomes will make his plays, but this Bucks defensive line is going to make more plays. That's what my that's what my mind is telling me. That's what the logic is telling me. I've been right before with that. So, sadly, I have to go with that, and I'm going to go, guess what, Bucks have been at, or yeah, Bucks have been averaging 31 in their wins over the season. I'm picking them 31-27. That's my pick. Bucks 31-27. Hate doing it. Hate picking against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I think they'll prove me wrong, but the experience of Tom Brady and the Bucks defensive line is going to be too much to overcome. So what an exciting Super Bowl. It'll be definitely looking forward to it. Then we have uh, NBA news as well. Lakers came back yesterday in a huge win versus the Nuggets. Nuggets have been playing well. Jokic has been in the MVP conversation. And it, they looked really good in that first half. And then in the second half, the Lakers came alive and really took a hold of that game and won it. LeBron James... It should be uh, efficiency because he's just the most efficient basketball player. Uh, there is 12 for 19, 27 points, a plus 21 on the floor. Him and AD both had that. Uh, a triple-double, 27, 10 and 10. I mean, you know, we used to be talking about LeBron and his triple-doubles. Oh, it's, it's a triple-double. Like, oh, it's a big thing now. It's just, it's routine. When he gets triple doubles and gets numbers like this, his MVP numbers are taken for granted. Uh, his greatness is taken for granted. Uh, not from me, though. I love LeBron James. He's the second greatest basketball player of all time, no doubt about it. And it's just always on full display, night in and night out. Tomorrow, they have a rematch against the Pistons. They blow that lead uh, a couple of weeks ago. They'll get their revenge. Lakers have been hot. Of course, it's a back-to-back, but LeBron's playing really well. This team's playing well. They're clicking. Then the Warriors had a huge win over the Dallas Mavericks behind the efforts of Kelly Oubre Jr. dropping 40 on them. I mean, the Mavericks are another bad defensive team. We can talk about the Nets. We can talk about the Wizards, but they're just as bad. The Mavericks are not a good defensive team. Uh, Luka Doncic is a defensive liability, uh, and they need to shore that up if they want to get into the playoffs and win a playoff series. Uh, They need to shore that up uh, totally. 76ers suffered a rare home loss yesterday. Uh, Joel Embiid played well, but uh, they were outplayed and shocked by uh, a Portland Trailblazers team that was never out of it with Dame Lillard or C.J. McCollum. Uh, they upset the 76ers at home, which was huge. 
different tonight. You got a huge game, Celtics versus the Clippers. We saw the Celtics play the Lakers really well. A week ago, almost came up with a win, but the defense of the Lakers held strong. To me, this will be a huge game. Jason Tatum has been playing really, really well. Just phenomenal young star. And then you have PG-13, Paul George, also playing out of his mind, uh, redefining himself after last year's terrible postseason. And Kawhi, uh, the RoboCop, uh, just going at it as he does. Terminator, whatever you want to call him. It's Death Stare, just mid-range jumpers on you all day long. Uh, to me, since the Celtics did... Lose to the Lakers last week. I'm picking the Celtics to win tonight. Uh, Jason Tatum is going to go off tonight. He's going to get his points. But the reason why the Celtics didn't win last week is because Kimba Walker couldn't get a bucket to save his life. Uh, He was terrible. He only had like two or four points. It was bad. It was bad to watch. Uh, I don't think Kimba Walker is going to be as bad tonight. Uh, He's going to help him out. And they're going to get that win. And then you will have a East preview tomorrow uh, of the 76ers versus the Nets. And to me, this is so close to call. Uh, 76ers are so good, but the Nets, just offensive juggernaut. They're like a video game uh, leveled up all the way on offense. Their defense isn't leveled up all the way, but that offense is. Uh, with their big three. Uh, This, to me, is the East preview. And to me, it's close. I go back and forth choosing this game. Uh, 76ers are been playing well. They're starting five. Embiid, Ben Simmons, uh, Danny Green, Seth Curry. But the Nets just have that big three. KD, uh, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. Uh, Buckets on buckets on buckets. Buckets cubed. Offense cubed, everything cubed on offense with this team. That's how good they are. That's how potent they are. Uh, When you have three offensive superstars, very rarely do all three of them just go cold on the same night. Very rarely does that happen. Maybe two, but usually two are always good, always getting their points. I have to go with the Nets winning. I think it'll be close. I wouldn't be surprised if the 76ers beat them tomorrow in a huge East Conference Finals preview, but I have to go with the Nets. And even if I don't feel like picking the Nets, I'm probably just going to pick the Nets all year long until they make it to the uh, NBA Finals unless something catastrophic happens between now and then. Because that's how, to me, how locked in the Nets are. They're more locked than the Lakers are to me at this point in making it to the NBA Finals. So that's huge. Then, college basketball. uh, I was right yesterday about Gonzaga. At first, I was getting scared. I'm not a Gonzaga fan. I would have been happy if they lost. But they were down. I was like, "Uh uh-oh, on upset alert. Next thing you know, Gonzaga pulls off a huge run, wins the game. So I'm happy I was right on that pick. Also right on the Ohio State pick. Ohio State came back in the second half. Pulled off a win, 89-85. That was a tremendous game but behind Athens. He's really their star player. Uh, I don't know if Luca Garza is the guy to uh, to really step up or do anything 
about it. I don't think Luka Kazar Garza can lead this team to the finals. Uh, his wooden watch to me is disappearing every big game he plays, and him and the team don't show up. You have to translate some of your personal accomplishments into wins. That's just how it has to be. And you don't see that with him. With that loss, it was huge for Michigan. Uh, so you have Illinois, Wisconsin this weekend. Illinois loses. To me, that basically gives Michigan a division. They'd have to lose four more. Yes, they play Illinois next weekend, which will be a huge game. But uh, I don't see uh, them losing anytime soon. Uh, Michigan, I mean, uh, losing this division. And then moving on to the NHL. Uh, my picks yesterday, I was wrong all over the place. I was going with Hart. I mean, I was going with, yeah, straight Hart over teams. Uh, Caps lost to the Rangers. Stars lost to the Blue Jackets. Blues lost to the Coyotes. And then the Jets beat the Flames. So that was my one win out of four. Uh, That was all I had yesterday. Uh, To me, that Caps-Rangers game was really good. But Igor Shesterkin in that just really, really played well. He was a difference maker. Uh, Batetto's backhander uh, got the team rolling, and they really didn't look back. It got close with Ovechkin's goal, but Shesterkin was solid all night, making incredible saves. This game was really fun to watch, and the Rangers just won this game in a good, good way. Uh Stars lost. They didn't look good. This offense clicked with Line uh, looking good, uh, using him more. Uh, Blues lost 4-3 to the Coyotes, but Coyotes were up 3-0, and they're just the king of giving up big leads. That's what I thought was going to happen in this game, but they actually held on and won it for a change. Uh, it would have been sad if they couldn't hold on to that 4-2 lead. Uh, that would have been embarrassing. Uh, Jets won. That was a big one. Uh, my brother, as we know, likes the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks won. They pulled it out in over no in regulation. I wanted it to go into overtime, but they got it done. Uh, who else? Oh yeah, and then that crazy play. Uh, if you're a Predators fan, or sadly if you're a Panthers fan, uh, with Forsberg, uh, kind of bench hopping and just staying on, and then he has that breakaway. Scores in overtime. Uh, that was total cheese. Me and my dad thought that was a cheesy goal. Uh, but guess what? It worked. Uh, it happens. Uh, tough break, but that's what goes on. Then tonight, you have a huge game for first place in the uh, East Division. The Bruins and the Flyers. Uh, this game is going to be amazing, both at 16 points. Uh, Bruins just beat the Flyers, uh, came back and won behind uh, Pasternak's hat-trick. He has been good, but the Flyers have been really good. This team just all around uh, their defense, goaltending, their offense is just all just complete. They're a really complete team, and it's going to be another fun game to watch tonight against the Bruins and the Flyers. Again, I hate both teams. Because I'm a Penguins fan. I have no respect for the Flyers at all. Then again, I, I dirty Boston's dirty. Brad Marchand is a rat. So I don't like him either. I don't like either of these teams. But if I have to choose one, I definitely feel like I can beat the Flyers more than I can beat the Bruins. I have a better chance against them. 
and a lot of teams have a better chance against the Flyers. So I'll just root for the Flyers to win, just so other teams can knock them off, because I don't fear the Flyers as, you know, Boston kind of does scare me, and Marshawn and his little tongue. So I don't like that at all. Uh, this matchup, like, I don't have any rooting interest really at all, but I'll pick the Flyers to win uh, just for pick purposes. So that's huge. Uh, that's amazing. So huge, huge sports weekend again. I don't have any end of the market updates uh, since the market is still going on. Uh, everything's just ordinary, back to normal. You know, GameStop slowly decaying back down to its normal. AMC slowly decaying back down to its normal. So people, I guess, have to find uh, new stocks, new stocks to play with. And then, uh, other than that, also, the tournament, waste management golf tournament, is still going on. So I don't have any end-of-the-day updates for that either. Uh, but I should check it because it is in Phoenix. Uh, Brooks Kepka's playing. I didn't start off liking Brooks Kepka, but he's kind of getting good now. Right, I checked it. Keegan Bradley's in the lead. Uh, Steve Stricker's behind him playing well. Ooh, Jordan Spieth is making a run up the leaderboard. So with everybody else either starting to tee off and then others that haven't teed off yet, we'll see what happens in the mix, see who wins this weekend. That'll be huge. Now, getting in to more movies. Have I watched any movies to give a review to? No. But the Screen Actors Guild's nominees were announced yesterday. Highlight the differences right now between the SAGs and the Globes. So the SAGs are the Screen Actor Guilds Award. little different than the Golden Globes because the SAGs only recognize uh, acting, uh, not directing, not writing, none of that like the Globes. And then the SAGs are also voted on by your peers, uh, which the Globes have their own little voting panel and platform. So that's really the key difference. Both still fun to watch. Uh... Both all still watch. So, to me, uh, the biggest thing I saw was the outstanding cast. Uh, their big ticket one to match, you know, the best picture for the Globes, best picture for the Oscars, but of course it's outstanding cast. Uh, Nomadland wasn't in it, uh, which is huge for me because that was my preseason thing that I picked yesterday as a favorite. But to me... Frances McDormand's really the only person in that movie. She's really the key character, whereas in these cast you have The Five Bloods, which wasn't nominated but is now, which had a great cast. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, another one, which I thought was snubbed for drama. And The Golden Globes, but that's made an appearance. Same with One Night in Miami. The only real keeper is the trial of the, the fire or trial of the fire of the Chicago 7. Uh, so to me, that's huge because when you saw last year, you know, it was 1917, really not this acting ensemble, which won the Golden Globes. But then Parasite came in in the SAGs, took it, and then took the Oscar, which is huge. And then it's also huge because Minari, which I thought was going to be up for the drama in the Golden Globe, is now up for the outstanding cast. So that's huge that the foreign film is recognized for the outstanding cast. So to me, this all could go either way because it's very, very different than what I saw and had the 
frame of mind for yesterday. I think I have to go with, I, I think Chicago 7 is just going to be that player like the Irishman last year that just won nothing up for awards, but didn't really win anything other than my screenwriting that I did, but this has nothing to do with any of that. So I think I have to go with Minari. That has to be my favorite. Uh, foreign films are not bad films. Uh, just because you have to read subtitles doesn't mean they're bad. Uh, if the movie's good, plot's good, that's all that matters. And I think Minari has it because to me, uh, all these movies are good, but they're not great. What I've read about Minari is that it is great. That's a great movie. So that's another foreign film I need to watch. Uh, actress, uh, Andrew Day is swapped out for Amy Adams, so everything's the same. So I still have to go with uh, my original one on that that I had yesterday. So that is not huge at all. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, of course, is no longer in the running. Uh, she was up for the comedy because with the Golden Globes, they separate everything into the comedy drama, whereas the SAGs only do it for television. They don't do that for uh, movies. So that was huge to see my girl Anya down for Emma for the Globes not be up now for the SAG, so that puts a dent in my prediction. Uh, totally. Uh, probably is going to be like Viola Davis, but there's nothing wrong with her and her performance at all because she's a terrific, terrific actress. Uh, actor Stephen Yun for Minari instead of Tahir Rahim for the Mauritanian. Uh, that's a huge one because now Minari has these acting nods as well to go along with her movie. To me, that's going to be now this Dark Horse candidate to win these awards, which I'm totally fine with. I'm not like Ben Shapiro, Anti-Parasite, or anything like that, because those movies are good. Uh, supporting actress, no Jodie Foster or Amanda Seyfried. Uh, but to me, that really didn't change anything because they weren't even in my picks that I did yesterday. Supporting actor, uh... Chadwick Bur uh, Chadwick Boseman for Defy Bloods is in instead of Bill Murray. He has four SAG nominations for his films in Defy Bloods, Marini's Black Bottom. So that's huge. He has the acting nods and the outstanding cast nods. Uh, phenomenal actor. We'll see what he wins. TV drama is the crown. It was three. It was. It's going to be crown because the female actress in a drama it was three crowns and then the two ozark people so two shows were nominated for five actors that's to me that's disappointing because to me really all the talents in the crown and better or in uh, ozark i don't think so i think you can show a little diversity yes those are good shows to me that's just my favorite that just solidified my crown pick yesterday that just gave me validation of what i needed yesterday the actor in the drama didn't change either. And then comedy, it's going to be Schitt's Creek. Uh, Schitt's Creek across the map for comedy, best comedy series. Uh, comedy actress, uh, actor now is Eugene and Dan are both of them. It was only Eugene and the Globes, but Dan is now in both of them. I could see him splitting, one winning the Globes, one winning the Sags. I think that's how that could work. But I'm totally fine with that. Because uh, Shit's Creek is funny and people love Shit's Creek. Uh, still got high hopes for uh, Anya Taylor Joy for Queen's Gambit. That's also up. 
to me, that's just the best one there is. I'm high on Anya. Uh, and then, of course, Mark Ruffalo for that male uh, actor will be big. So, yeah, award season is upon us. Golden Globes kicks it off, followed by the SAGs. Then you have the uh, Writing Guild and then the Directors Guild and then the Oscars. So it's going to be nice. Nice to have all these award shows. Nice to have movies to watch or movies I wasn't planning on watching. But now I am going to watch for the sake of entertainment purposes. So there definitely is a lot I have to do. Sports to watch this weekend. Movies to watch this weekend. This has been the Get Your Goat podcast. Uh, the Get Your Goat show. I'm Josh Morani. But I, but first, before I leave, I have to do the traditional Get Your Goat take. And this one was tough for me. Because yesterday I said Russell Wilson wasn't you know, a top five quarterback. And me and my brother kind of went at it. I wanted him on here to discuss this, but he didn't want to, uh, which is fine because it would have just been a shouting match because, to me, Russell Wilson is not in the top five. So that was the big one yesterday. And then it was tough because now I'm seeing some of the Chiefs players, other linebackers are out. To me, Sammy Watkins is still questionable. Uh, That's huge, especially if he doesn't play. That was something I mentioned. He's an X-factor. If he doesn't play, uh, he also opens up the field along with Cole Hardman. So having Sammy Watkins in there is another threat. Would be huge. I think he might play, or at least serve as a decoy. I don't think they'll officially rule him out out, uh, because you know Antonio Brown's questionable. All the players are questionable. You know Clyde Edwards-Helaire's questionable. The only one I'm worried about Snead. If he doesn't play, he had the concussion. Uh, we'll see about that. But I think he'll play. And to me, they're just healthier. Is the Bucks. So I think, as I said, the Bucks are going to win earlier. But my get-your-goat take is this. Uh, if Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl, he is the greatest sports player, sports athlete, uh, sports icon, whatever you want to call it, in the history of sports, uh, if he wins on Sunday. That's, to me right now, he's tied with Michael Jordan in greatness, uh, people rank LeBron greater than Tom Brady, but that's not true at all. Uh, because to me, you know, people rank Michael Phelps, and yeah, you can get Michael Phelps because he's you know a swimmer, but to me, swimming's not like a sport. Sport, you don't like turn on the TV, ESPN, and they talk about swimming. But you have your major sports, you know, football, uh, basketball, hockey, uh, baseball, uh, golf. And to me, uh, Tom Brady would be the greatest sports out of any of them. He'd be just the goat sport, is what it'd be. The sport of goats. That's all he is. Uh, right now, he's in a tie with MJ. With To me, they're both wins, clutch, uh, the pass, the shots, the defense all around for MJ. Just a pass, the finesse, the decision-making for Brady. With, tied with the six rings. But to me, the tiebreaker is the seventh thing? Yes. He's been in there ten times, which is Nash LeBron. Uh, ten times. But if he wins seven times, that puts him over MJ because he's been there more and he was able to do it more. Uh, that is huge. 
this weekend if he wins this game. That puts Tom Brady in his own category right now. He's in just Tier 1 with uh, Michael Jordan. But if he wins, he'll be in Tier 1A all by himself. And then Jordan will be in Tier 1B all by himself. But that 7th ring will give Tom Brady the separation. He talked about changing his jersey number to 7 to chase that 7th ring. I predicted the Bucks to win. It's against my rooting interest in the Chiefs. But I have the Bucks winning this game because of that defensive line, like I said, and because of Tom Brady. He's the GOAT. There's only one GOAT. I'll make a joke about Patrick Mahomes being, you know, the young GOAT, the future GOAT, whatever, but that's it's it's all unproven. If the you know the track record contends you, then that's the case. But as of right now, proven facts, proven stats, Tom Brady's the GOAT. He wins this one here on Sunday. He is the GOAT GOAT. He's the GOAT of GOATs. I you have my support, Tom Brady. I'm looking forward to this game. I'm looking forward to the weekend's halftime show. He's put seven million of his own money into it. I think that's gonna be phenomenal. I think this the whole everything is gonna be phenomenal. The ads, the commercials that are played, trailers that are out, along with this game, it's just it's a spectacle, is what it is. You have billions of people watching this game, tuning in for the Super Bowl, for whatever reasons they do. For me, it's just an experience. As, ju- as I said, the big game itself with actual real commercials and ads you want to watch. Uh, the show with the weekend and the food. I'm going to be making some great food. We're going to have great food. I'll tell you about it all on Monday. But everybody, have a happy weekend. Enjoy it. Get ready to watch the Super Bowl. Get ready. Pick a team. Have a rooting interest. Do a little research. You know you like one of them more. Uh, Chiefs are America's team right now. Uh, I get that. But Tom Brady's getting that seventh ring. This has been the Get Your Go podcast. I'm Josh Maranny. Hope you all have a great weekend again. Bye, everybody.